Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. All right, hello and welcome in. Sorry to be on the air a few minutes late today. We had some technical problems getting connected, but I'm with you and live and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We do this each weekday, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you may listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Uh, because of the late start today, let's take a quick look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a moment. Uh, some headlines of the day. IU men's basketball, highly thought of by AP poll voters, as is IU women's basketball. We'll tell you where both of those teams uh, have landed in the preseason polls that came out earlier in the week. Also, some other IU basketball notes and a look at football sectionals on Friday night. Not everybody plays this week because of bye weeks, but a number of teams in action to get the postseason started as we head to the back half of October and a lot of fun coming up on Friday night. Also, later in the show, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will be my guest. He's the IU beat writer for the Bloomington paper. And he'll join us to talk everything IU basketball. And we'll get into a little bit at least IU football with Rutgers. Uh, We'll discuss that as well. That game coming up for the Hoosiers before they get into an even tougher level of Big Ten Conference play with Penn State, Ohio State, and then Michigan State coming up before the Purdue game to close out the regular season. Later in the hour, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will step in. More on sectional football, uh, more on fall sports, basketball season just around the corner. And Josh will catch us up on all that more when he's with us a little bit later in the show today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's take a look at some headlines today, but first... Let me remind you the Thornton's text line is open. We've already got a question I know that's come in about high school football, and I'll get to that a little bit later today. But the Thornton's text line number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And again, your text, your questions, your comments, your concerns maybe on IU football, uh, very warranted and welcome. That number is 502-414-1450. Indiana opens the college basketball season for the first time 
in the Associated Poll in six seasons, and the Hoosiers have their fourth highest preseason ranking since 1995. Indiana, the men's team, number 13 in the preseason poll that came out yesterday. So good news for the Hoosiers. Again, everywhere, all the publications, a lot of the preseason chatter, they've been at the top of the conference. They've been in the top 25, the top 15. Some folks have them within the top uh, 10, but uh, top 13 is where the AP poll will have them to start this year. North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, also uh, Baylor, Kansas, Duke, UCLA, Creighton, and Arkansas. That is the top 10, just to give you a rundown of things. Indiana, obviously the highest ranked Big Ten team in the preseason poll. Michigan at number 22. Illinois, who I think is right there with Indiana at the top of the conference, at least in the preseason. They are number 23 in the preseason poll uh, that came out. So Indiana on that list of teams I just went through, North Carolina, number one, Kansas tied for fifth. Hoosiers will play them later in the year. Arizona, 17th. Michigan, obviously a Big Ten opponent. And Illinois, 22nd and 23rd, both on Indiana's schedule. Uh, That kind of lets you know what this schedule is like. We know it's tough. We know it's going to be fun. Indiana with a lot of top-tier competition from the non-conference to the conference schedule. I don't believe there's any question about that. Also, the IU women's basketball team, I want to give them a little shout-out. The preseason love continues to come in for them as well. Indiana, number 11 in the preseason women's basketball poll, and they are the second-highest Big Ten team to be ranked in that poll that came out uh, earlier this week as well. So uh, Indiana, the men number 13, the women number 11, that's a very respectable uh, situation for both teams heading into the season, and I think reason for a lot of excitement, not just about the men, but about the women's team at Indiana as well. They are going to be in a good situation, I think, this year, a fun team to watch also. One other uh, maybe less than flattering uh, mention for Indiana, Kyle Boone, who I, I like reading his stuff. He's from CBS Sports. He has Indiana number 13 on his overrated list for the upcoming college basketball season. He wrote, quote, it's much more likely IU finishes the season unranked than it finishes as the winner of the Big Ten, end quote. That's Kyle Boone. So all of this excitement, all these positive things that we relay to you each day, and a lot of great conversation we have about the upcoming season, a little concerning there from Kyle Boone, just his thoughts, but maybe to kind of bring things back to a middle ground, he thinks it's much more likely IU finishes the season unranked than it finishes as winner, as champion of the Big Ten Conference. So definitely an interesting take as well. High school football, the sectional play, the postseason begins on Friday, and locally four of seven teams in Clark and Floyd counties will be in action. Jeffersonville in 6A, Floyd Central and New Albany, both in 5A sectional 16. They get buys this week, so those three teams are off this week. They'll have an opportunity to prepare and scout for future weeks ahead. But what we've got this week in sectional 23, that's 4A. Silver Creek plays at Jennings County. I think that will be a competitive game for the Dragons. Jennings County has had an up-and-down season, a very mediocre ball club at best, although they've had some success against some of our local schools in the Hoosier Hills Conference. I do think Silver Creek and Jennings County will be a good game this weekend. In 3A, sectional 32, undefeated Charlestown 
will look for a first sectional championship in football for that school since 2014 when the Pirates make the trip to Salem, who is a Mid-Southern Conference rival that they played and handled fairly well earlier this season. It was a 33-6 victory for Charlestown in the regular season. That was way back on October 7th at the early start of this month. Also in 2A, sectional 39, Clarksville. They will look for its first winning season since 2012. They will travel out to Eastern Pekin. Uh, former Mid-Southern Conference rivals will battle there in that 2A sectional. And another team I'm really focused in on here, now that the postseason is here, in 1A, sectional 48, Providence will look for a first sectional crown since 2017. They will host Springs Valley at Murphy Stadium coming up on Friday night. And that's the game that we'll cover our Southern Indiana High School football coverage on 94.7 FM this Friday. We'll start with the Pioneers because we think they maybe have the best chance to advance the furthest into the postseason. So should be interesting matchup, and Providence, I think, will get that victory on Friday night as they start the season with Springs Valley. But that's a look at high school football for the opening night of postseason football. The weather is cold now. It's supposed to get even colder, I think, tonight. But I do think by the weekend there's an opportunity for it to warm up a bit. So Friday night, as long as rain stays away, and I think it's forecasted to stay out of the area, it should be a pretty nice evening for high school football here throughout southern Indiana. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with our first guest today. That is Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. We'll talk IU basketball, the preseason ratings for the men and the women, a little IU Rutgers football as well coming up, and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, still ahead on high school and local sports. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this one for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we are back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times is my guest. We'll talk IU basketball and some football with the Rutgers game set for Saturday coming up a little bit later in the program today. Dustin, welcome in. IU men, 13th in the AP poll, the preseason poll that is. The women, number 11. Uh, big start for both teams in Bloomington with the season days away. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a big gun. I remember the, I, I don't think it's ever happened before that they've both been, uh, preseason top 25. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, obviously it brings a lot of, uh, a lot of hype in. Uh, obviously, I think, um, tells you something about the state of the Big Ten that Indiana's the highest ranked Big Ten team, uh, at number 13. Tells you just obviously how much talent was lost, uh, and how everybody views that. And obviously we, we've talked a lot about this offseason about on some level Indiana being the Big Ten favorite by default. Um, but all the same, uh, being number 13, you know, number 12, somewhere in that range, uh, is a heck of an improvement from what Indiana's had really since 2016. Um, so all, all you know, it, it's not necessarily news, but basically like, I think just a, a general good vibe going, 
uh, and a lot of people obviously seeing this team uh, as being something better, and obviously Indiana women continuing to carry, uh, you know, really building a good reputation. And, uh, and obviously they've lost a bunch of key pieces, Allie Patberg, um, uh, uh, what's her name, um, but just, uh, Alexa Golbe, you know, some important pieces have been lost. Uh, but with Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes coming back, you know that's still a, a pretty you know prolific duo that's going to give them a shot uh, to be in kind of that top quarter of the Big Ten. Um, so yeah, you know, just I, I think just big sort of stage setting news. Like, obviously, I think it's something a lot of people expected. Um, but you know, for the pool numbers to actually the pool uh, votes to actually come out. Um, and these B2 top 25 teams, obviously, just good news. It's just good for Bloomington to start off, off a uh, a basketball season with both teams in the top 25. No, no question. And I think the most impressive thing about the poll that I saw is not just Indiana's ranking, but the number of teams ranked that they are going to take on. North Carolina, number one. Kansas tied for fifth. Arizona, 17th. And two Big Ten teams, Michigan and Illinois, number 22nd and 23rd uh, in that respective poll. So uh, a lot of good competition for this team, some of it fairly early in the season. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, they, uh, this, this comes back to that, uh, the scheduling held up, basically, that, the, the, you know, Mike Woodson went out to go to, uh, to schedule good teams, um, and, you know, obviously, you know, carrying the likelihood of being the Big Ten favorite is what gets you North Carolina, uh, at home, basically, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They didn't obviously have to schedule that one individually, um, but put yourself in that, uh, discussion in the offseason when, when everybody thinks you're going to be the Big Ten favorite, and that's how you end up getting slated. To play a Carolina or a Duke, um, and obviously Carolina being number one, uh, everybody kind of presumed they were going to be number one as soon as Armando Baycott decided that he was going to come back. Um, so, you know, they're, they're playing a real deal opponent, obviously, in, in that game, and obviously going to go out and schedule Kansas to take over that spot uh, that they had available for, for getting out of the crossroads. Um, so, yeah, no, just, just very clear evidence they're, that they're going after it, that they are, you know, going against really good teams. They have a chance to prove themselves, but I, mean, I think they can go 0-3 in that stretch and still be okay, you know, and, and it not really hurt them. Uh, it'll help them just to schedule those games, uh, you know, just if they're competitive at all. Um, it'll be valuable for them in the Big Ten, and if they, you know, they, they can drop all three and I think still be in good shape uh, going into conference play. If they win one or two of them, that's a big deal. And obviously, if they run the table, then you know you're talking about them as a championship contender. Um, but you know, just if they get any kind of success out of that whatsoever, even if it doesn't even result in wins, it's valuable just to have scheduled scheduled those kind of teams. Talking with Dustin Dolter the Kentucky's on. Have you seen this yet, Matt? Because I know you'd be interested in this. Calipari said the series is on starting at 25-26. I missed that. Did it just come out earlier this morning? It just came out about five minutes ago. So I knew uh, you were going to want to talk Twitter about Twitter during the commercial break. So I might as well bring it up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've agreed in principle. They've agreed in principle. I haven't seen what the principles are. I guess the ADs are going to work it out is what Calipari said. But uh, the Herald leader was down in, um, I don't even know where, where SEC Media Days is at, but it's on TV right now. Um, but they're bringing back the series in 25-26. Don't know a whole lot of detail about that yet, um, but Calipari was the one who made the announcement, so that tells you obviously he's on board, so it's a real thing. Indiana-Kentucky is coming back. Yeah, that's great. Good stuff. Uh, the reaction from Indiana fans and Kentucky fans, i got to believe, uh, as I open up my Twitter account, uh, has, has got to be good to that. Uh, I also think it's interesting that you bring it up on this show, you confirm it on this show that Calipari – is the one that confirmed it to everybody because we've thought for years he was the reason that the series, at least with a campus environment involved, did not happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've talked about it a bunch on here. Um, that 
uh, yeah, like he, he, that's why they got out of it in the first place. Didn't like what happened after the watch shot in 2011. Um, and, you know, just didn't want any piece of that and, and, and did a lot of avoiding of um, not just Bloomington. I mean, he, he specifically avoided Bloomington and refused to, you know, just uh, go back to Assembly Hall and, and shot down the idea of continuing that series. But also, you know, for a stretch, was making points not to schedule road games um, in on campus environments. Uh, you know, basically, I, I think he, you know, was pretty blatant about saying that he wanted to play uh, for, for at least a couple of years there in football stadiums because, you know, just, just create, you know, be a part of, um, you know, just any kind of MTE events or, or anything like that that was played in football stadiums because that's where the Final Four would be, um, you know, in big football stadiums with enclosed rooms. So, you know, like, that, this was obviously his doing in the first place. You know, he's the guy personally, individually, who shot it down. Um, so the fact that he's the one making the announcement, obviously, is that pro. I imagine in some way, shape, or form, he wanted to claim that, uh, wanted to be the guy who made the announcement himself that it was coming back. Uh, but obviously, he must have acquiesced on some level to something. Uh, now, again, I don't know if that means campuses. Obviously, that was uh, discussed. You know, John Rothstein put it out a couple, about a week ago or so, um, that, uh, that it would come back and it would include campus environments. So we'll see if that's still the case um, and, and what that means for, you know, Calipari going forward, if Calipari plans on being there when it gets back on campus, uh, you know, just exactly what, what, uh, what his connection to this is going to be or, or if, he, if he continued to demand, uh, you know, off-campus uh, you know, neutral sites or whatnot. Who knows one way or another. I know Mike Woodson was very clear about wanting the series back and being willing to play wherever Calipari was willing to play it. Um, so I'd be interested to see what got moved around where and, you know, how far Calipari was willing to go uh, to bring this thing back. Yeah, definitely. Again, Dustin, thank you so much. I did not see that over the commercial break, but Coach Cal uh, saying earlier today, just now really, that the teams have agreed in principle. is how he phrased it to begin a series, to restart a series in the 2025-26 season. So good news, good news I think, for, for basketball here in Kentuckyana uh, with that uh, official announcement today. Uh, talking with Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times. Dustin, I want to read this to you. I mentioned it in our headline segment today. But Kyle Boone of CBSSports.com, he released a, a list of overrated things in college basketball for the upcoming year. And he has Indiana number 13 on that list. In fact, he wrote, it is, quote, much more likely IU finishes the season unranked than it finishes as winner of the Big Ten Conference. Your reaction to that sentence with all the good news and the high rankings and a lot of preseason praise for this program, uh, that's one that will kind of stop you in your tracks and make you think for a moment. Yeah, I mean, what am I trying to say here? I like it is something that we've been thinking about in general. I mean, obviously, we've been following, following this. You know, uh, I've been following this program for years, and obviously, Zach Osterman, our you know my B partner at the the Star, and I talk a lot uh, about this kind of thing. And we've seen obviously teams that have been overrated in the past um, that that haven't you know lived up to preseason expectations or, or got up to uh, the lower end of the top twenty five early in the season, only to fade out. Um, you know, yeah, we've seen it before. It's sort of like you know Notre Dame gets a certain level of. Uh, you know, preseason just, you know, um, deference, basically, is that they end up being in the top 25 by virtue of being Notre Dame. And, you know, Indi- Indiana gets some level of that when you can justify it at all. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a true phenomenon. Uh, brand name programs get that. You know, that's, that's Indiana, that's Notre Dame football, that's Michigan football. Uh, you know, that, that's a lot of programs. Uh, you know, Indiana's not the only one. So I can understand, if, if you're looking at this from outside, and so, so you're looking at some kind of base data point, and saying, all right, 
This team barely made the tournament last year. It had to rally back from a huge halftime deficit to beat Michigan. You know, it had to beat Illinois in overtime. And just to get into the first four, you know, it beats Wyoming and then it gets slammed in the first round of the tournament against St. Mary's. You're telling me this team is a top 15 team now. Okay, sure. Like, I, I can see how someone would be like, all right, like, what are these, what are these people who think is going to be different? And, and I get that. You know, I, I get that argument. Um, you know, I see where that's coming from. And, and I can't say with 100% certainty uh, and full faith and confidence, bet my house on it kind of thing, that, okay, this, this year Indiana is definitely going to be a top 15 program. No doubt about it. They've clearly made all the improvements they need to make. Uh, they're just light years better than they were last season. You know, I can't say that, you know, uh, again, with full faith and confidence if I had to lose something if I was wrong. Um, but on the flip side of that, you look at a couple other pieces there say, okay, well, the Big Ten is going to be down. They're going to have opportunities uh, to take advantage of other teams that are going to be completely rebuilding uh, or, or reloading on some level, whatever it is, that are going to have completely different chemistries than they did a year ago. And that's one thing. That, that's what makes them the Big Ten favorite is just everybody else has lost a ton. 13 out of 16, all Big Ten players are gone. So, you know, like there's a lot of opportunity for them just to be the – uh, the, the team that has the most back, the team with the fewest question marks. Um, but, again, you can look at this roster and say, okay, well, if this guy does this, and that guy does this, and that guy does that, they got a shot. They have one of the best players in the country coming back, Trace Jackson Davis, one of the most proven players. That's going to give them an opportunity to start with. You know, they have a explosive point guard who obviously can make mistakes. We've seen in the past, but if Xavier Johnson is on, you've got a really too good one-two punch there. You've got a solid player in Race Thompson you know you can depend on. And then... You've got, you know, two really good top 30 freshmen, and uh, Jalen Huchifino and Malik Raynell. If, if they're as good as advertised, that makes you a lot better. You know, if Jordan Geronimo can play more positions, or even if he just gives you what you're used to getting, that's a very productive player. If Tamar Bates is what he was supposed to be coming out of high school, that's another really good player. Like, you, you can see, imagine this team having a lot of depth um, in ways that it's hard to imagine other teams in the, in the league doing. And so... If they, you know, do really, really well in the league, if you win the Big Ten, you're going to be ranked somewhere in that range uh, at the end of the season. So somebody in the Big Ten's got to be a top 15 program. You know, like there's just no way that that that, that a Big Ten champion isn't in the top 15. It's going to happen. So you know, uh, that I think is worth noting. And so like there's there's is it certainly possible that we're entirely overrating them and, and that we're just uh, you know just giving them entirely too much credit on paper? It is. But it's also possible that they're even better than we think. Justin Dopierak, the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. One other note about the preseason rankings I wanted to mention, and I, you, you touched on this earlier, but Indiana, one of four schools uh, that have both their men's and women's basketball teams in the top 15 of the AP polls. Indiana joined by North Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. I think that's a, a great statement by IU, by the entire program especially coming from a state where we're recognized as the basketball capital in many ways of that term, not just loving our sports, loving high school basketball, hosting great tournaments and NCAA Final Fours in Indianapolis. So I think it's a nice preseason tip of the cap to the Hoosiers to see both teams get that praise and be in an elite company, just one of four schools to have teams in the top 15 in both. No, certainly, and it's a big deal. I mean, uh, it's a big deal on a lot of levels. I mean, it, 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 in a manner of speaking, it, it really puts. Um, what am I trying to say here exactly? You know, obviously, for years, Indiana has been considered a basketball state, but its flagship, 
university did not have a particularly good women's basketball program. And I think it's important, like, as we've seen, you know, the important, you know, women's basketball is the predominant, you know, women's sport, uh, basically. Like, it, it is the most visible, um, you know, the most visible female athletes, I think, especially in team sports uh, in, in America, are is women's basketball. That women's soccer. Uh, so... Indiana hasn't been there, um, you know, in that sport, and I think it's a big deal that it is. I think it's a big deal that, that, that again, the flagship school um, has a really good women's basketball program. That, that you're seeing that kind of development out of the state. That that women, you know, that basically that, that the girls are are you know performing that are that they are producing at the level that boys are, um, you know, comparatively. I think that's a big deal. It's it's important that you're seeing that trickle down because I think it it's one of those things where. You know, are, are you really a true basketball state if only half of your high school kids are, are, are really into it? It, it only works on one side of that ledger. It's a big deal, I think, that, the, like, that, that you're seeing you know, girls develop, women develop, uh, integrate basketball players, and that there's enough talent coming out of the state that it can fuel uh, IU and, and make it a powerhouse. Like, it just, it, it's an important statement that it matters, you know, and it matters to girls as well as it does to boys, women as well as it does to men. Um, you know, it's a big deal for Indiana to be on that when when they haven't been for a long time, um, and it's, again, it speaks really well for Terry Morin, the program she's she's you know been, been been able to build. She's getting you know Miss Miss Basketballs and such back. Uh, you know, somebody like Sydney Parrish, I can't remember if she was Miss Basketball or not, but um, you know, just a, a big time recruit who went away from the state, getting her to come back as as a transfer. Uh, that kind of stuff is a big deal, I think, um, and 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 Indiana should should have that kind of program. You know, I, I think that's important that that in, you know, Indiana should be good at bo- you know both of Indiana's basketball teams should be good. If if you could say that Indiana basketball is that big of a deal in the state, uh, you know, both of those programs should be good, and that, and I think it's obviously good news and and, and uh, sign of good trajectory uh, that that that's what it is right now. Absolutely, talking with Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times. You know, another good thing for basketball fans is the NBA season officially began with two good games on Tuesday night. I know the Spurs and hopefully Romeo will be in action tonight, but six players, six IU alum uh, on NBA opening night rosters, Oladipo, Ananobi, Von Ley, Bryant, Langford, and Gordon. That's a nice contingent. I know it's not near the most in the NBA, but I think a very solid group of former players that most of those guys have the opportunity or will have, I think, to to get ample playing time. And I, I saw that uh, earlier in the preseason, OG Ananobi had a couple of huge games for Toronto and is really set there. But a good contingent of IU guys in the league uh, at the top of the game, which helps IU recruiting for the future as the NBA season gets started this year. Yeah, no, certainly. As long as uh, you, you just can't have a long drought, you know, you, you got to have somebody in there all the time that you can point to and say, you know, that guy went to Indiana, and you know, you can be where he is. You know, just as like you don't have to have forty, fifty of them or something like that. I mean, you, you just have to have a bunch that you can look at it and say you can get there from here. You know, as, as long as there's there's always evidence of somebody that you can point to and say you can get there from here. And obviously, you know, in that case, you're talking about um, you know guys from multiple coaching administrations. Um, you know, you're talking about, obviously, uh, going back to this, you know, not that everybody wants to remember it, but the Samson era when you're talking about Eric Gordon and having him still be in the league. Uh, you know, obviously, you have the Tom Crean era with Oladipo and Vaughn Lay and, and, some, and some of those guys. You have the Archie Miller era uh, with, um, you know, with Romeo Langford. So, and obviously, you hope, if you're, uh, if you're Indiana, that you get Trace Jackson Davis in there and then you can say, okay, you've got, um, you know, NBA players in there from four different coaches. Uh, and you know that's that's a deal. That's important. 
I think, uh, to be able to say that, to, to say, okay, you know, like, like, Indiana has proven, despite all of its ups and downs, despite everything it's gone through, that it can produce NBA talent, uh, regardless of who's coaching. Um, basically, you can go to Indiana and you could be an NBA player. And, you know, like, worst case scenario, regardless of what you're dealing with, regardless of how much you win, how much you lose, you can get there from here. Uh, and, you know, like, that, that makes a difference. Now, obviously, it helps uh, when you can point to the coach and the coach can say, I can develop you. That's more important um, when the coach can claim, you know, his players. Obviously, there's a reason why Tom Crean kept, you know, claiming, claiming Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, when he was in the, at Indiana, you know, he'd obviously coached with Marquette, but that that matters. Uh, you know, basically, because you're you're really selling, you know, a professional dream. And so, but but yeah, that that value is important. Just the more of those guys that you can you can show, you know, the better off it is. And then, you know, obviously, they they've done this more than once, bringing those guys in. Uh, to talk to them about, you know, being in the NBA, having been in Indiana, coming up from there, all that stuff. Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Dustin, real quick before we let you go, quick thoughts on IU Rutgers football this Saturday? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, for the simple fact that I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. Uh, the Rutgers obviously is coming, you know, they, they just got a new offensive coordinator. They've got three quarterbacks. They don't know which one of them is going to play. Um, so, and obviously you've got that, and obviously Indiana on the flip side has lost four straight games, uh, and continues to kind of, um, you know, just try to find itself, and obviously is only, a, you know, a week removed from having fired his offensive line coach. So you're obviously dealing with a couple pro, you know, programs that aren't the most, um, you know, stable, uh, in, in history. So, you know, there, it's going to be an interesting game, but one, you know, like in the end, beyond needing to win it, um, you know, obviously they're they're in a bind. They need absolutely, they need to get absolutely every break uh, the rest of the way to find themselves in the bowl game. Um, they have to beat teams that right now on paper that it does all of what they should be able to beat. You know, and and you know they they don't like you know Michigan State and uh, uh, Purdue are going to be heavy favorites. Obviously, Penn State and Ohio State are going to be over the top favorites, um, but they got to find a way to get at least a couple wins. Uh, you know, you got to get three wins out of their last five. Um, so they're in a tough spot, but this one they absolutely have to get, and I think it's important for them just to get one more win. Um, at least, even if they're going to go four and eight, I think it's better. Four and eight is a lot better than three and nine. If they can get to five and seven, I think that would be a, that would be a really big deal um, for them to even get there and just get everybody to calm down a little bit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no important football game, and um, you know, one that I don't think a lot of people that don't root for Indiana Rutgers are going to watch. Uh, but one that I think really matters for Indiana going forward. Yeah, agree totally. Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, thank you, and uh, talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Uh, we'll head to a commercial break. Big news, though, if you're just with us, uh, John Calipari confirming uh, that uh, Kentucky and Indiana have a deal to begin playing again in the 2025 season. His quote exactly was, quote, we've agreed in principle that we'll be playing them. No other details on dates or venues yet, but good news for college basketball here in Kentuckyana. The Indiana-Kentucky series, a special one. Indiana-Kentucky, of course, Louisville-Kentucky is a great one. Let's see if we can get an IU-Louisville a hookup as well very soon also. We'll head to a break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We've got postseason football coming up on Friday night, and Josh and I will break it all down for you next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
Anderson. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest talking local sports with us on Wednesdays. And I tell you what, Josh, we've got postseason football coming up on Friday night. Four of our seven teams will be in action uh, in this Friday. I think we've got some interesting games this week, and I think in future weeks we're going to have some really interesting games as well. For me, Providence, Charlestown, Specifically, can one of those two get hot, get on a roll, maybe win a sectional championship? That's where the postseason conversation, the best chance for success, begins to me. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be it's going to be one of those two, uh, or maybe both of them. Hopefully, who, who get a chance to make it to a sectional final and uh, have a shot at a, at a sectional trophy. But uh, yeah, it's certainly been uh, football weather the last couple of days. I actually think it's going to be a little bit warmer on Friday, so that's. That may be a little bit nice, uh, so that's going to be interesting. But yeah, some uh, four, four big four big matchups this week, and uh, you know, I I don't I don't know if uh, all all four of our teams are going to win, but uh, I think they I think um, you know they should have they should have shots to at least uh, you know have a, have a chance to come out with a victory. I tell you what, looking at the games for Friday with. Jeff, New Albany, and Floyd Central on pause as it's a bye week. I think some of our locals have a chance to succeed. Silver Creek and Jennings County, I could see be very competitive. I think the Dragons have a chance there. Charlestown should win when they take on Salem in a rematch. Clarksville, I think, should win when they play Eastern Pekin. And Providence, I think, should win when they take on Springs Valley. So three of four I feel pretty comfortable about. The Silver Creek-Jennings County game I would label as a toss-up. Yeah, yeah, I I agree as well. Uh, you know, Silver Creek's coming off that game where they scored 57 points, which is incredible. Uh, you know, I think uh, Brandon Hoffman's jealous that they scored 57 points. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, his team scored 57 points a lot last year. Well, just just kidding, of course. But uh, um, I think that that should be a good chance for uh, for Silver Creek. Uh, you know, they uh, uh, they haven't won a first round game the last few years, so. I think this is really an opportunity for them to get uh, get that postseason victory that's eluded them the last couple of years, um, you know, w- which would be good for this team because you know they've had uh, they along with everybody else have had uh, and, and maybe more so than any other team in the in the area have had really tough uh, injury troubles this year. So you know it would be nice to to see the Dragons get a postseason win. Uh, of course, along with that, I think they'd get a second round game against. Uh, East Central for yet another year, so you know there, there's always that. But but getting that first uh, getting that first round victory would be good for those guys. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. We also have some volleyball coming up this week, and I tell you what, before I get to volleyball, I want to go to the Thornton's text line and and read a good question uh, on football. It said uh, Robert Lamar from Clarksville is a two-time state rushing leader. How does this obvious athlete not have a few Division One schools recruiting him as an athlete? We just don't seem to be hearing anything about his recruitment. Again, that's from the Thornton's text line. I don't know Robert Lamar's recruitment. I do know what a stud he has been for Clarksville, 
and what he's been able to get accomplished the last few seasons. Do you have any read on his recruitment? And if that is true, why no Division One schools have contacted him? Are you surprised about that? Uh, no, I don't have any read on it, really. Actually, I was, was going to go out there today and talk to him and uh, Coach Bozer about it. But, uh, you know, he is, uh, I guess he might be a little, you know, what colleges consider undersized, uh, you know, at 5'10", maybe 180, 190. I'm not sure exactly what he weighs. But, uh, you know, <laughs> this kid is just uh, an incredible, incredible athlete. And uh, uh, for him to put up the numbers that he has the last couple of years has just been it's just been amazing. Uh, he is uh, he is one of the kids that you know. I, watching from the from the sidelines and stuff, uh, I've never seen him. Uh, you know, after he tackled or whatever, I've never or after he scored, I've never seen him really showboat, get up, get uh, get up, or get you know way happy or way you know upset. Uh, he, he just uh, never seen him talk back to anybody. He's just he's just a a kid with a great attitude, you know, he just, he runs the ball, he gets up, you know, he goes back and does it again. And, uh, he, he is, uh, he plays, you know, pretty much every, uh, every down last week. I think he got a break defensively uh, because they were, they won pretty handily against Crawford County, but, you know, usually he plays, uh, every snap of the game, uh, offensively and defensively. He's, uh, uh, I, I haven't checked the stats recently, but he may be the Clarksville's top tackler. Uh, um, he was last year, so you know he has just done some amazing, amazing things uh, for the Generals. And uh, I believe he's, uh, you know, he's, he's set all kinds of records for for Clarksville. And I believe he's, uh, if he's not there yet, he's really close uh, to the top twenty-five in uh, state history in rushing. So uh, you know. I, I, no, I don't know why he's not being recruited again. I think it's maybe the size, but uh, he, you know, whoever whoever gets Robert is gonna get a great a great player and and a great kid too. You know, he's uh, you know he's super nice uh, super nice kid off the field. <laughs> uh, he's always got a smile on his face, which is something else I love about him. And uh, you know, he is uh, he's a great great player. Yep. No question. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, want to ask you about volleyball. We've got a handful of local teams moving on to the regional round of the tournament. Break those down for us, and who could maybe come out of this weekend? Yeah, Providence and uh, Floyd Central, both uh, both in the regionals this weekend. Uh, Providence, they, I think they have uh, they play number five. Providence, which is number one in three, plays fifth-ranked Bar Reef um, in the second semifinal at Gordon on Saturday. Uh, Greensburg, which is undefeated, which is incredible, and seventh ranked in the state is the is also it plays Evans Memorial in the first game of that regional. So if Providence can beat Bar Reeve, uh, they would end up they would probably play Greensburg in the in the championship game, which would which would be undefeated uh, at seven PM on Saturday night. So that would be a that would be a really interesting game. I definitely think uh, the pioneers can do it, you know. They're, they're uh, they've got a great team, and it's just going to depend on you know the 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 only team that can be Providence, I think, at this point is, is themselves. Uh, for and so I think uh, they'll come out on top. Uh, and then Floyd Central is at Bloomington North uh, on Saturday. Uh, Floyd plays Center Grove in its in semifinal game, and then um, Castle is on the other side of the bracket, most likely if. Uh, 
if Floyd Central wins, uh, that would be a rematch of uh, of a of a match from earlier this season. Floyd beat Castle uh, in two sets at New Albany uh, earlier this year. So, and but Castle is also the team that put them out last year in the regional. So, uh, you know that that would be a big revenge game for the Highlanders. Uh, you know they've they've got uh, well Providence only has two seniors and, and a huge junior class. Floyd Central has eight seniors who play a lot, and they. Uh, you know, and they're really, really good, and they're really a uh, cohesive unit, and I think uh, they'll have a shot at, at bringing home a regional. I think both teams have a shot at bringing home regional titles. Great stuff. That'll wrap things up for this Wednesday program. Thank you, Jock. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.